0: everybody and welcome to episode 161 of intermittent fasting stories. Today I'm here with Amanda Bloomfield. Amanda lives in Monument, Colorado where she is the operations manager for a real estate office. Welcome Amanda. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to share my story. Well, I'm so glad to talk to you this evening. Um so well, it could be morning when people are listening. I don't know. <laughs> It's evening for us now. It's evening for me. We're in a different time zone. But I'm really glad to have you here whatever time of day it is for anyone who's listening. You know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, there's
1: like a short answer and a long answer. And so the short answer to that is my sister told me about it in March of 2019. I didn't really think that it was something I wanted to do. So I didn't really start until April of uh, about a month later. I'd kind of like to explain some of my history and that will give how my
0: sisters and I would talk about different things to do and how that all plays together. So, Oh, absolutely. So you've got a long history of diets and sisters and dieting with sisters.
1: Yeah. I mean, growing up, I didn't really ever have any issues with my weight. We all were like normal childhood. We, I never really... Remember being concerned about it, even when I was in high school. I got married pretty young; I was twenty-one, and then Me I had too. my first. Yeah, I got married at <laughs> twenty-one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had my first child about a year later, and I've heard you say this before. You always remember like your weight when you go to the doctor when you're pregnant. And so I was like one twenty-eight, and I'm five-four. So I, you know, I was one twenty-eight in that pregnancy. I gained about twenty-eight pounds. Ended it at one fifty-six you know, it was a normal healthy pregnancy. And then after I had her, you know, there's always like that baby weight that sticks around. And then by the time I had my second child go to the doctor first time, and I was like 150 at that point. And then, you know, you have two kids, you're busy. I mean, I knew I was bigger than I was before, but I wasn't super concerned about it. But it's kind of in the back of your head, like, oh, I never wanted to be one of those people who just had kids and then gained all this weight. And then by the time I had three kids, I was at 165. And I thought, okay, I've got to do something about this. So I did, let's see, that was in 2002. And I don't know what diet you were trying at that time, but Dr. Phil was really popular. You know, he'd been on Oprah and anyway, he wrote a book. And so I did Dr. Phil's plan. And I'm trying to remember even when it was, I think it was kind of like South beach. So it was like, you could eat carbs, but they weren't, you could eat like whole grain carbs and like oatmeal and things, but you didn't eat sugar or processed food. And I was really strict on that. And I, I mean, I didn't eat any sugar for like six months and I just white knuckled it. And I got down to like 135 and I was really like proud of myself, but I mean, it was hard. It was a super hard six months and I just, powered through it. And then at that point I had baby and I got gotten down 135 and then I got pregnant with my fourth child, which is my youngest. And after, and that pregnancy was fine. After I had her, I tried to do back. And I mean, the eating was like, you know, small meals and you count calories and write down everything. And so I tried to start doing it after she was born. And then I was breastfeeding. I had a problem with like milk supply. Like I wasn't. And so for me, in all of my history of dieting and doing different things, I'm always either very strict on a plan or I'm off. I'm not doing it at all.
0: Oh, I get that. That was me. That was totally me. I was either on or I was off. And so I completely understand that. And, you know, you want to go back to the thing that, you know, quote, worked for you, right? That Dr. Phil diet, it worked for you. You're like, okay, I'm going to do it again. But it just it was it's hard. Plus, you know, with the breastfeeding, it was really hard to be restrictive, because I know you're super hungry. Yeah.
1: So for me, I'm like, well, I can't do this. It's not working. So I pretty much just forgot everything. You know, it's funny. My daughter now is 16, my youngest. I was trying to remember like my history of like the last 16 years, because I would kind of just forget about everything and just say, you know, this is too hard. And then I would start to gain weight and then I would like buckle down again. And like I said, my sisters and I, we talk about, oh, I'm the second oldest in my family, but I'm the oldest of the sisters. And so I had kids kind of before they did, but but at this point, They were having kids and we would talk about, oh, have you tried this latest meal plan or this? Like we had a blog that we shared together different ideas about. And I was going back and looking at it because that's kind of where we would like weigh in and say, oh, this is my weight. Because these last 16 years, I, you know, I went through periods of time where I didn't ever weigh myself because I was just in denial. Anyway.
0: So y'all did a blog together, all, all of you. How many sisters are there, all of you together? There's three of us. And um, I'm the oldest of the sisters. Okay, three sisters. So the three sisters blog, do you still have that
1: blog? It's still around. We haven't posted on it. It was so funny because we decided to do this little competition, the first person to lose 10 pounds. And we like put money in like a pot and like took like a year and a half. And then one of my sisters had a baby in that time. Anyway, finally, someone finally lost 10 pounds. We would go through periods of time where we would just post like, oh, have you tried this new exercise routine or anyway? And then one of my sisters, one of her friends, was doing this kind of bigger challenge, like a bunch of people all joined this one blog and like every week there was a challenge and like maybe one week it was like drink, 80 ounces of water every day for this week, and you would have to weigh in. I mean, it was this whole big thing. I can't even remember how long it lasted. So I was doing things like that because I thought, oh, I need this motivation. I need this support. And I would do them for a little while. And then, you know, like I said, I was either on it or I was off it. And when I was on it, I was good. But when I was off it, and you know, you'll lose weight. But then when you're not doing it, You gain it back
0: so fast, too. You know, you might like buckle down for like three weeks in a row, and then you're like, forget about it for like the long weekend, and you're right back where you started. And you're like, what? You know, yeah,
1: that was my life. And it's so funny because I've listened to your story so many times. We have some similarities because I got to my highest weight was like 210 pounds. And I had tried all these things. I didn't try as many crazy diets as you did. The things I had tried. I thought, okay, this works, but it's so hard and it's takes so much focus and so much time that I can't do it. And so I think I got to the point where I was around, you know, 210 pounds. And I thought, okay, this is just going to be how I am because I can't do these things that are so hard and so much time. And so I'm like, if I can just stay here, then I guess I'll just, you know, I'll just have to live with that. But I didn't want to You know, when I got to the 200 number, that was really scary. You know, you don't want to go over that. I remember that too.
0: I remember when I first saw 190 something, I'm like, well, that's okay. I'm never going to get bigger. I'm never going to get bigger. Then when I saw that too, I was like, okay, I did. Yeah.
1: Time frame. I had gotten to like 195. I really buckled down. I actually went to like a nutritionist and I did this cleanse. It was so funny because part of the cleanse was this whole day you didn't eat, but every hour you had to drink this concoction that I made with like juice and cinnamon and all these spices. So every hour I had to drink. And the nutritionist juice. told you to yes, do that.
0: Yes. Oh
1: my lord. <laughs> and so um, I just remember being miserable that whole day. And now I know what I know about fasting is like. Of course, every hour I'm drinking this like juice thing and just making me feel awful.
0: And that also sounds like a terrible nutritionist. I'm sorry, but probably any nutritionist listening are like, I would not do that with
1: my clients. I think with that whole thing, I had like lost like 20 pounds, but then, you know, you're off it and you go back. So, and my sister's, one sister in particular would say, Oh, have you tried this meal plan? So we had been doing this plan. It was probably in like 2018, 2019. It was, you would buy like 10 weeks of meal plans. And I mean, I did kind of like the food, but it was like, I'd make this food for me. And then my family would m- have something else. And it was six small meals a day. And you had to buy, I mean, you didn't have to buy, but they sold protein powder and different things. So we'd kind of been doing this and it's funny, though, because even though I was doing that, I never really thought I was going to work. I mean, I was to that point where I'm like, nothing's going to work and I, I can't do it. So we had both been kind of doing this plan. It's so funny because the plan was seasonal. There'd be like a spring plan and then a summer plan. And each plan was like 10 weeks of meal plans. And then there would be kind of like a break in between the next season. And during that break, I wouldn't keep doing it because... It was just too hard. The people who did this meal plan, they had a challenge that you could join. And I never joined the challenge because I'm like, I'm not going to win. It's not going to work for me. So then in March of 2019, the sister said, hey, have you heard of intermittent fasting? And I had kind of heard of it. So there's this food blogger that we both love, and she doesn't post about weight loss or anything, but. She posts delicious recipes. I still make all of her recipes. But
0: what's the food blog, by the way? Sure, the food blog, because people love food. It's called Mel's Kitchen Cafe.
1: And I really love her recipes because she makes everything like from scratch. She doesn't use like processed ingredients like cream of chicken soup. You know, you'll make everything from scratch. And it's just good. On Fridays, she would write like a post just like, random thoughts, just kind of her life. And she said, Oh, I tried intermittent fasting for three days, and I felt awful. And I stopped. So I had read that blog post. And then a couple of days later, my sister said, Have you heard of intermittent fasting? And I said, Well, I've heard it, you know, I think in 2019, it had started to become a little bit people were talking about it. I said, Well, I've heard of it. And I know that Mel posted about it on her blog, and she said it was awful. And it, you know, she didn't feel good. So I'm like, I don't want to do that. And um, a little history about fasting. In my religion, we are supposed to fast like the first Sunday of every month, a 24-hour fast. And my whole life growing up, I mean, you kind of start when you're, you know, around between 8 and 12. And it's not required. It's just kind of like suggested as a way to like become closer to God. Or you can also pray for things that, you know, if someone really needs help, you know, you can remember them in your prayers and fasting.
0: You would fast. There would be a time of prayer and fasting.
1: Yes. Those were always extremely difficult for me. I mean, it's supposed to be a 24-hour fast, but I never did that. I pretty much would skip breakfast and then I would eat after church. And I felt awful. It was terrible. And so I'm like, oh, fasting That It's not for me. So my sister said that. She didn't want to bug me about it. So at the end of March, we went on a family vacation to British Columbia, Canada. You know, we ate all the things, you know, we were traveling and I got back from that at the end of March and I stepped on the scale. I don't know why I did. And like, I was up to 216 and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I mean, I kind of count my starting weight. It's funny how you count these numbers as around the 210, because after a few days of just kind of getting that travel food out of my system, you know, I went back to like, I can't just keep going up. I just, I can't like, I've got to do something. So I decided to ask my sister again, I was like, so have you still been doing that intermittent fasting? And she said, actually, I have. I've lost five pounds and I feel great. And she was like, I was reading that blog post from our food blogger friend. And underneath the comments, a lot of people said, oh, actually, you know, you shouldn't just fast for three days. You're still in the transition period. And there's this book called Delay Don't Deny by Jen Stevens. There's a Facebook group you know, all these people were posting encouraging things in the comments. And so my sister had read that. And then I went back to this blog post and I was reading through so many comments of people recommending your book and your Facebook group. And so I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to try this, you know, and it's so funny because my sister said, okay, well, what I've been doing is like a 16, eight. And when she first said that, I was like, oh my gosh, 16 hours is the longest I will ever fast. Like that is so long. Like I'm going to try that, but that's going to be the longest I'll ever fast. And so what I actually put your book on hold at the library, but before I got it, I start, I found your podcast, this one and the one you do with Melanie. I kind of binge listened to all the episodes that you had had at that point. And I thought, Oh, this is working so well for so many people. And I'm like, I just got to try it. So my sister said, Okay, listen to the podcast, get a fasting app, and try and get the book, you know, so first day I started, I used the zero app. And I, you know, I finished dinner. And I said, start fast, you know. And so the next day, I was at work. And I thought you might find it this interesting. I used to work for a school and I prepared all the science materials for elementary school teachers. So I kind of worked by myself. But anyway, just because you're a teacher, I thought
0: I know, I love that. Did you get like the lab? Was it labs ready? Or was it like worksheets, workbooks? What kind of?
1: Well, they would get like a kit, like every trimester. So that maybe they're doing physical science. They would get a kit with all their materials, all the curriculum. Our school district is small enough to where they send the kits out. And then when the teachers are done with them, they send them back to me. And then I have to like replace everything that's used. And
0: I know it's like those consumable. They had some consumable things in there for like hands-on experiments. Yes, I'm familiar with those types of science programs. Those are my favorite, all the hands-on science.
1: Yeah, that was my job. And so I kind of worked by myself anyway. So I'm in my office with all my bins of science materials sitting around and I'm like staring at this fasting timer, like, you know, three, two, one, like, oh, I can finally eat. And like I said, I've always struggled with not eating. Like I used to get headaches and migraines and not eating was a huge trigger for that. I mean, I always had to know like where my next meal was coming from, like at any point in time. Like if I didn't know when I was going to eat next, I like, had a granola bar in my purse or something because not eating was like the scariest thing for me. So I will say the first couple of days, I really did feel awful. I mean, I had headaches. I had, like I said, I get migraines. And I honestly don't know why. I think my sister was telling me, like, you have to try it for at least at least 30 days, like give it 30 days. And so honestly, I think the like the really hard adjustment period only took like, I don't know, five or six days. I mean, by day 10, I was feeling like, Really good. You know, I started out with a 16 hour fast and then it would kind of be this game I would play. I would try and like finish eating earlier in the day. Like if I finished eating by like six, then I'm like, oh, then I can start eating earlier the next day or I can go longer. Like I could start to go to a 17 or 18 hour fast. And then this one day, I think it was about 10 days in and I had a hair appointment, like kind of right about the time where I needed to break my fast or it was going to be 16 hours or whatever. And I thought, well, I don't want to just eat something and then be stuck in at the hairdresser for like two hours while I can't eat. So I'm like, I'm just going to not eat. I'm going to go to my hair appointment because I'm stuck there in the, you know, while I'm getting my hair like colored and everything. I'm like, I can't go anywhere. And so I did. I think that was the first time I like felt that kind of metallic taste in my mouth. And it was so funny because after that point, right around 18 hours, and I could like almost feel it switch on. I get this burst of energy and I would just feel like almost like a hit of caffeine. I would just get this energy. I just felt like I could like do anything and and I would get that metallic taste. And I will say I was some people don't lose weight right at first, but I was losing weight like at the beginning, like pretty steadily. I mean, I never lost weight like super fast. It was always between one and one and a half pounds a week. I think that's another reason that helped me keep
0: going on is that I was losing weight. The motivation. You're seeing it on the scale and you know that your hard work is paying off. And, you know, to contrast that with your prior blocking experience where you and your sisters in a year or someone finally lost 10 pounds and here you are finally consistently losing a pound to a pound and a half a week. Yeah. And I just felt
1: great. And so then that a Sunday came along where I was, you know, It was one of the 24-hour fasts. And I'm like, well, I'm just, I'm going to do this. And I did. And I didn't, you know, I still felt great. It just gave me this, like, I can do this. And this is like something just switched in my brain. And so, you know, I started fasting in April and a couple weeks later was Easter. And normally, you know, you have a really nice meal. You have, and normally I would feel bad, like, oh, I shouldn't be eating this food or these cake or, you know, whatever. But I'm like, I had absolutely no guilt. It's like, I fasted. I ate a nice meal. I don't have to feel bad about it or feel like I shouldn't be eating this. So it just kind of took off. I remember like about a month later calling my sister and saying, oh my gosh, thank you so much for telling me about this. Because I mean, I had basically given up. A lot of people start this and they're like, okay, I'm going to lose all this weight. I started it just not even thinking I was going to even lose any weight.
0: Because you had given up that your body was going to release weight. You were probably hoping to just not gain at that point.
1: Right, right. And I just thought, the things that I need to do to lose weight are too hard and I'm too busy. I can't do them. I had kind of increased my fasting to like 18 hours. I was looking back at my, I like numbers. I like data. So I still use the Zero app. And I was looking back at all my, my you know, my, since April of 2019, I kind of made this promise to myself. I'm like, this is something I can do like every day. I can do it when I travel. I can do it, you know, do- through special occasions because other diets, I wasn't going to be on them. If I went on a vacation with my family, I wasn't going to do it. And so I'm like, I'm just going to make a promise to myself that I'm always going to do at least like a 16 hour fast. The only exception I made like that whole first year was Christmas morning because we always had like a dinner. The night before like a christmas eve dinner and then i always make a special breakfast for my family so like that's the one day i think i had a 14-hour fast instead of a 16-hour fast and you know just being really consistent so i kind of had tra- transitioned to omad and then in about june you know maybe june or july my sister was like hey have you ever tried doing like a long fast like a 36-hour fast and i was like oh i don't know if i could do that and she was like well i've been doing it like once a week and, you know, it's just kind of helped speed up weight loss. And so I thought, okay, I'll try that. And so starting in June, I did like one day a week of like a 36 hour fast. And it actually, it gave me a little bit more flexibility as far as because that up day, you're going to eat more meals. Like if I had a lunch or some kind of occasion, well, then The day before, I'll try and do a long fast. It just kind of helped make things more flexible.
0: Absolutely. And you can schedule then. It doesn't have to be the same day every week. It can just be whenever you know that that is coming up. That's a great way to flex it. And in fact, so the sister who was intermittent fasting, she and I went
1: on a trip to New York City in September of 2019. And she took her oldest daughter, and I think I can't remember, she was like eight or nine. Anyway, we went on this trip to New York City, and it was just going to be a short weekend. We really wanted to go to this breakfast place that's like known for their hot chocolate or something. I think it's called, I'm probably gonna give the name wrong. I can, I think it's called Max Brenner's. So we both did, we took a red eye flight. So we both did a long fast the day before. We like arrived in New York city, like in the morning, we had both been fasting for like 36 hours. But we were, like, able to, like, go to this really nice breakfast place and have a really fun breakfast, like, you know, without any guilt or, like, oh, I'm – that was the first, like, trip I'd been on with, like, fasting. And I'm, like, it just made it so easy. I mean, our hotel, they didn't have, like, a free breakfast or anything. So there was no, like – Temptation of like, oh, I'm missing this food or anything, and you know, I mean, we pretty much ate two meals a day on that trip because she was like, "There's so much good food in New York City." I mean, and we had like the Levain cookies, and we went to some really great restaurants. But I'm like, there's no way I wouldn't be able to enjoy that trip. I mean, this is what I love about intermittent fasting is you can do it anywhere, you can travel with it. We had met her, my sister's sister in law. She was also there, and we like went and got cronuts at some famous bakery. I will not recommend opening your fast with a cronut. But <laughs> no, I
0: don't think so. I would be so shaky. Did you feel awful after having cronuts? I've never even had cronuts. Are they are like a combination of a donut and a croissant? Is that what it is? Okay. I might would like that. I I'm not a donut lover. Isn't that weird? Well,
1: weird. I'm not really anymore. Anyway, but then after that weekend, we had one more day in New York City and then that next day I fasted again a long fast. Just I mean, it wasn't like to make up for anything. It was just like, okay, I've had like three or four days of eating two meals a day when I normally just eat one. And then I'm going to do another long fast when I get home. And then I think I weighed myself and I was like, I think I was like down a pound. And I'm like, that never would have ever happened before.
0: It just felt good to do that longer fast too. you know, after having all that food, you know, you fasted, then you feasted, then you were ready to fast again. Exactly. So
1: I was doing the long fast, just kind of every like maybe a three or four times a month. I mean, but I wasn't totally loving them. So I thought, okay, for October, I just want to try, I put my scale away and I'm like, I'm just going to do a one meal a day for a whole month just to see how that works for me. But I'm not going to weigh every day because that will mess with me. So, and it's so funny because I was like, I'm just going to eat every day, one meal, but there was one or two times. So my husband had his tonsils out and it's like kind of a, a big surgery
0: when you're like, in your 40s. It is. If you're an adult, I, that's what I hear.
1: So, I was at the hospital with him and I was planning on eating, but I was just there and like waiting with him and this anyway, and the cafeteria wasn't even open and I'm just like, "You know what? I'm just going to fast because it's just easier to be here with him and not have to worry about getting food. So I did end up doing a long fast a couple times that month. But then at the end of the month when I finally weighed myself, I had only like lost a pound. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm thinking that the the more alternate daily fasting is just working better for me right now. So in November I started with like five two. So two days a week I would do a long fast and then I would have my up days following those long fast. And then on the other days I would just do OMAD or just kind of whatever worked into my schedule. You know, and then November and December there's holidays and You know, we had a week of Thanksgiving and that week that we traveled for Thanksgiving, I just, you know, I feel like when I'm traveling or staying with relatives, it's just easier for me to eat, you know, eat every day. So anyway, starting in January, I'm like, so January, 2020, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a 4-3 ADF because I'm like, and it's so funny thinking back to the very beginning, I think I was listening to one of your podcasts with Melanie and it was, you were talking about the different types of fasting. You're like, there's 16-8, there's OMAD, there's alternate daily fasting. And neither you or Melanie said that you did alternate daily fasting. And I was like, okay, I'm never doing that. If it's good enough, if Jin's not doing it, then I'm not doing it. Like, there's no way I'm ever going to do that.
0: I did do it briefly. I did it briefly in 2016. I did 4-3 for maybe a couple months. And, you know, I... I got tired of it. But but it's it's a good way to, to boost things up. Some people love it as a strategy.
1: And like I said, I have been doing it. So in January, what I really felt worked well for me is true alternate day fasting. But then I really like eating on the same days every week. So I kind of switched, be- you know, I would do a four, three. And then if something worked out that week, I would do um, like an every other day type of thing. And um, so it was working well. And I'm trying, you know, I was still losing weight. It wasn't at, like the same rate as before, but I was still going down. You know, I got under 200. I can't remember what I was exactly in January. But anyway, I was doing pretty well until March. And then
0: like Corona,
1: yeah, that's yeah. when the pandemic hit. And just, yeah, it was super stressful. And I, just for like that. And I was looking back at my, I use Happy Scale. I was looking back at my reports and like on that that month of March, was like, I was losing, losing, losing. And then my thing went up a little bit. Yeah. I think it was just the stress and just the
0: unknown. It was just, there was just so much unknown crazy. I mean, I can remember we were just, we had no idea what was happening. If we could go back and tell ourselves, don't buy all the toilet paper, everybody. Right, (laughs) (laughs) Leave some for everybody else.
1: Yes. It was scary because you couldn't get the staples you weren't used to, not even just toilet paper, but you know.
0: Everything. It was so scary. Yeah.
1: It was very scary. But then I buckled back down in, I mean, I was still fasting. I'm like, I'm like, I'm always going to fast. I still fasted. I just didn't do the alternate daily fasting for like a week or two while I was trying to like adjust to things.
0: And we were all cooking differently. At least we were. Why did we all do that? I don't know, but we all did. We're like, okay, we're stressed. Let's all bake. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I got back
1: into my alternate day fasting in April and in July, I had hit 50 pounds lost. And so I was down to 160, and I think in my initial email to you, I sent you that before and after picture that I had I put on Facebook. I mean, people would ask me like, oh, what are you doing to lose weight? And I would tell them, but I hadn't really done anything public about it or anything, but I posted it on Facebook, and I think around July is when Fast Feast Repeat became available.
0: It, it came out right at the end of June, yeah. Right,
1: so I posted my picture, I just said, you know, I've been doing intermittent fasting for the past year. I like, I've lost 50 pounds. And like in my life, you know, the couple times I had lost weight, it had only been 20 or 30 pounds is the most lot weight I had ever lost. Now I had lost at that point, I had lost 50 pounds and I was just like over the moon about it. So I, I posted on Facebook and I said, you know, if you want to know anything about this, you know, there's a brand new book called Fast Feast Repeat, you know, buy this book. Or And if you have any questions, I can help you out. Anyway, it's so funny because there's people in my life that knew how i have been fasting both of my parents, I visited them in this year, in a few months, and um, they knew I was fasting and they knew it was working for me, but they just didn't think that it was for them or or whatever. But when I posted this picture, it's so funny because like my aunt called me to talk about it and my mom bought the book and um, her and my dad started to do it. And my mom's actually had a ton of success. She's lost like 65 pounds, just so excited for her. And My dad has lost weight. He was pre-diabetic. And he's lost weight and they've just like embraced it as part of their life. And anyway, so yeah, when I posted about on Facebook and it's so funny because some people didn't even comment on it. And then I would hear like through the grapevine, they're like, oh, so-and-so told me that you were doing intermittent fasting and you're being so successful at it. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know that they knew that. And it's so funny because when I scheduled this interview, I thought, okay, for sure. By the time I talk to Jen, I will be at my goal. So my goal is 135. So I've lost 65 pounds. I'm kind of hanging out between 145 and 150. I don't know. I've been stuck for a few months. And I mean, I'm honestly like, okay, like obviously I'm never gonna stop doing it. Like there's no reason for, because before when I was doing a diet, it was so hard to do and so terrible that it's like, when can I stop doing this? I wanna get to my goal so I can stop doing this. Like I'm never gonna stop. I mean, I would just like to get those last like 10 or 15 pounds. I know that you've talked about, How when you were kind of getting towards your goal, you did make you like highly processed foods and some things. And so I kind of know that that's the next step. And I was actually thinking about it. So the job that I have now, I actually I got. In November. I mean, it's a good job and I love it, but it's been kind of stressful, like learning a new job and going into a really busy industry that I didn't have experience in before. And so I'm like, maybe I've just kind of been a little
0: bit more stressed. That's possible. And you know, with, with real estate, you're in real estate and we're recording this in May, it won't come out till August, but the real estate market has been crazy. So you're like learning a new job and it's stressful and the real estate market is like it hasn't been in forever. It's just been a crazy, crazy everything. We're remodeling our house in the backyard right now and we can't find building materials. Like our contractor was like, I was just at the store trying to find treks we're putting on our deck was rotten. So we're replacing. He's like, there are two color choices you can choose from. That is all. That's all I can get, and you have to decide in the next five minutes if you want to have treks at all. I'm like, what? So stress. I bet that's a lot of it. I'm happy with with where I'm at. You know,
1: I don't have any like. If I don't get down to like that 135, I mean, I'm gonna obviously keep trying. I've I've been still been doing the alternate day fasting, and it's funny because in there's some ways that I think okay, when I finally get enough to my goal weight, I'll probably just go back to OMAD. But there are some. Things about it that I actually really like how it's just really, it's just more freeing. I mean, and I, you know, the days that I'm fasting, I don't have to bring food to work or worry about hauling all this food everywhere. I could see it still being maybe one or two days in my week, or if there's like, if I want to go out to lunch with friends or something, I would maybe, you know, I did recently listen to your podcast with Marty Kendall. And so I've actually looked into the data driven fasting. But I don't know, it seems a little bit more like complicated. And I'm like, I love fasting because it's so
0: easy. I know I love Marty so much. Love Marty. I love him. But I don't want to test my blood glucose. But I know that see, there's so many people that are in the community that are doing it and loving it and finding great success with it. So I'm not saying it's a great thing or a bad thing. I'm saying it is a great tool for people who want to do it. And if you don't want to do it, it is not the tool for you. I mean, it's it's both of those things. It's a great tool and it is not a good tool, depending on how it feels. Because I know that is not how I would want to be. But if I were stuck, I might be singing a different tune. Because I'm the queen of the crazy diets from the past. So if I were stuck and so close, I I would probably, knowing myself, be tempted to try it. (laughs) So I get it. I'm thinking
1: about it. I probably, I haven't been eating any particular like, way of eating. I eat, you know, from all the food groups, my tastes have changed. Like, I don't want to eat things that are like, really highly processed or like things like a pop tart or an Oreo, they just don't appeal to me anymore. It's like things that are window worthy. I want to eat, but you know, I, I love baking. I love making like really like cookies that are really like, um, made with high quality ingredients and like you do all the, you know, so there are things like that, that I could start to cut out of my diet. You know, I'm just, I'm trying to balance between having like those diety thoughts like, oh, I, I can't have that versus getting down to that final goal
0: weight. So I'll just kind of keep going and just, you know, And see what happens. I will say that baked goods, that is one thing that would make a difference for me if I were trying to <laughs> the cookies. I, I do love them. But yep. So yeah, let's see. I started out in like a size 16, like extra
1: large. Most of my Like, you know, shirts and dresses are like size small, like some I'll wear like size six or, you know, I really would like to get into like um, a size four or something. But but like I said, just that huge difference of from where I was to where I'm now. And
0: and how long have you been plateaued? It's probably been like six
1: months. Okay. And when did you change your job? It was right about that time. Yeah. So and I was looking back at my um, weight loss app and I was like or the Happy Scale and I was like, oh, it was like right in November that I, I started my new job in the beginning of November and then I haven't really lost any weight since then. So I think that could be, I mean, it's interesting because, because I'm at work all day and if I don't bring food, then I, you know, there's nothing in the, I can't, I mean, sometimes they bring food in like, but it honestly doesn't necessarily um, tempt me because a lot of times they will be like someone who does home inspections will bring like a box of donuts in and like say, here's my card, you know, but that it doesn't tempt me. But um, now, is this job more sedentary than your other one was? It is pretty sedentary. Before I was working, I was going on walks with my 16-year-old daughter like every morning. We, it was kind of our pandemic thing. We would just go on walks every morning. And now I have to like get up at 6.30 and leave at 7.30. And yeah, it, it is more sedentary. So yeah, there's probably a couple of changes that I could make, you know, now that we're getting into spring and summer where it's, you know, the days are longer, I could maybe like add in some, and I will say during this whole time, cause I've also done crazy things with like joining a gym or like starting this fitness plan. And my focus this past, you know, it's been a little over two years that I've been doing it. Cause I started in April. I haven't like focused on, on exercise to lose weight. And I learned, I'm like, to me, like your food choices and your eating is so, for me, it is a huge part of it. Like I could never exercise my way into losing weight. And I mean, I do enjoy walking and running and um, me and my sisters that I've talked about, we all ran like a half marathon together a few years ago, you know, and I even did that at like when I was much heavier in weight. So yeah, I do enjoy exercise, but I'm like, for me, I can't say I feel like whenever and whenever someone is like, "I'm going to lose weight," I'm going to, you know, like a January. I'm they they join a gym and they're like, "I have to do it," but I'm like, it's not the for me at least. Exercise does not help me lose weight. So
0: I never had a, a connection between an exercise program that I started and profound weight loss ever. Either I didn't, but. Interestingly, you know, I talked about this in Fast Feast Repeat that there's some evidence that it it can be genetic. You know, some people are genetically more inclined to lose weight with exercise than others. And according to I mean, I don't know how solid the science is, because, of course, the field of um, genetics and and these types of things are, you know, some of the studies are small, you know, but there's some evidence that it, it could be related. So my DNA was on the side of does not tend to lose weight with exercise, so and that that is what I've found to be true so anecdotally, I believe that there are some of us who just are not you know then you've got your friend who goes and does aerobics and then bam and I haven't had my DNA analyzed, but I,
1: I kind of feel like for me it's the same thing exercise isn't, isn't going to do it for me
0: at amica insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house it's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? You would know because the people who do, the people who know that when they do a lot of exercise, they lose weight. They know that and they don't understand why everyone else isn't like that because it works for them. But those of us who don't, we're like, it really doesn't. I can remember my husband back when I was gaining the weight and struggling and he's like, you just got to work up a sweat. I'm like, I don't think so. I don't think that's the one missing key. So, you know, there's still some things you can try. So I think, you know, getting out in the spring weather, the summer weather, doing some walking, just even though it's not led to big, huge weight loss, it might get that dial moving just a little bit.
1: Like I said, I do, during this time, I have tended towards healthier food, healthier things. But yeah, I bet I could, you know, just make a few better choices. I mean, I went through so many years of tracking everything I ate, like on MyFitnessPal or whatever, doing, you know, the meal plan I was doing with my sister before I found this was it was like a macro plan. And so, I mean, you had to like weigh everything. And then once you made like this thing that served four people, you had to like weigh it and divide it into four. I never did that because I'm like, I'm not going to, I'll just... But I'm like, I'm never doing that again. It would almost be like a game to me to like, you know, everything. And I would try to hit these different amounts of protein and fat and carbs. And I just and, you know, you've mentioned that before. Like you were
0: trying to eat according to your Zoe app. And you're just like you did it for like, I just can't I can't measure I can't weigh. Oh, here's a funny Zoe story. I talked to them about some stuff they're working on and they sent me these blue muffins. That They used to use blue muffins in their study, and so I just ate these blue muffins tonight right before the podcast. <laughs> That's probably why I'm a little tired because we're recording late. I don't usually record this late. It's um, almost 8 p.m. here, so I've already eaten, and I ate these blue muffins from Zoe, and you're supposed to look at your poop and, and see how long it takes till it's blue. I know that, that might be too much information for everybody, but um, I ate the Zoe muffins. I didn't have to weigh them. I'm not... <laughs> Just to see how long it takes food to move through your system. It's supposed to be a good measure of your gut health. If it moves through quickly, then you've got great gut health. Whereas if it takes a long time, that's an indication that your gut microbiome is not healthy. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. So I'm going to be checking it out. Sorry, everybody. You'll never know the answer to the question. (laughs) They sent extra muffins. Chad's going to do it too. he's like, okay, this sounds fun. So much fun to be married to me. (laughs) So I know we've talked about your weight. And um, what about health in general? Have you had any other and you know, any other health benefits that have really jumped out to you? Or were you just really healthy before already?
1: Um, I mean, I was pretty healthy. But like I said, I get headaches a lot. And I, I get migraines. And so they haven't completely gone away. But they've decreased by like, a lot. I mean, I used to get like, six or seven migraines a month, it's gone down, way down to like one or two. And then, like I said before, not eating was a huge trigger for me to get a headache. I don't know if it was just like, I think I was like a sugar burner. And so as soon as that sugar would drop, I would get a headache. My body was screaming, you need to feed me. I mean, I will get headaches occasionally, but I do not get them when I don't eat. And so that's been a really wonderful health benefit that I don't get headaches as often. And then I used to have really bad plantar fasciitis. And in fact, the first year I was fasting, I would hear all these people talk about how theirs went away and, and it was so great. And I was like, Oh, I wish that would happen for me. And then just the other day, someone mentioned it on one of your podcasts. And I thought, Hey, I haven't had that pain in like six or eight months. And I'm like, I almost just forgot that it was a thing because it just went
0: away. And you just when you're not having the pain, you don't think about the pain.
1: Right. So that's gone away. And like my cholesterol numbers have gone down. I mean, so I started in April and then it's, I have my like annual physical in September right around my birthday. And so I went in for my physical. And I think by that point I had lost like 35 pounds and um, my doctor was really impressed with it. Although she, I told her about intermittent fasting and she was like, Oh, I've heard about that. But she's like, if it was working for you. That's great. But you know, I don't think it'll work. You know, she wasn't completely sold on it, but but she saw that it was working for me. She
0: wasn't like, keep doing it. She was just like, whatever, maybe <laughs> don't get your hopes up. She was, anyway, my cholesterol was
1: up at that appointment. Like, and I, and I had done all the research. I'm like, okay, I am burning fat right now. And it can like, just, it can increase your cholesterol when you're in that mode of like burning fat. And so the next September, when I went in for my physical, my cholesterol was really, was down. So yeah, I was happy about that.
0: And what did she say to you then, the next year later? I really only see her like once a year
1: because I'm pretty healthy. And so she asked me again, like, you know, I think by then it had been a, like another, you know, 20 or 30 pounds. And I said, well, I'm just, I'm still doing intermittent fasting. And so there is this research facility up in Denver. It's like they study obesity there. And I, I never say the the name right, but it's like the Ann Schroeder Center for it's tied to a university, they do a lot of studies there. And in fact, she said, Oh, I I went to a conference there and they talked about intermittent fasting. And I actually looked on their website and they were doing some research studies that they were looking for people to be a part of. So I'm like, well, it's good that it's being studied and, and being talked about at different conferences and stuff. So, but yeah, I was happy that my, you know, cholesterol has been going down and that my headaches have lessened and that the plantar fasciitis has gone away. So, so yeah,
0: those are huge. How about any other non-scale victories? anything? I would say the biggest non-scale victory
1: is just the freedom from food. Like just not always having to be thinking about like, first of all, like, when am I going to eat next? Because I'm going to get a headache or I'm going to feel bad. And just not always having to, you know, count everything, weigh everything, feel guilty if I'm having a good meal or something. It's just this complete freedom around food and just...
0: I'm probably not describing it. And I mean, you know what I'm talking about, but I just. I do. I know what you mean. It's just you've lost the angst and the guilt because there used to be a whole lot of, I mean, even shame that you felt like you needed to eat when you couldn't be stronger. And, And I just remember feeling very ashamed that I couldn't get a handle on it.
1: Yeah, I just love the freedom that comes with it and just being free to enjoy the foods I, that I enjoy. And finally, and it's so funny because my mom, she says to me, she's like, this is like the easiest thing I've ever done in my life to lose weight. And her and my aunt, my aunt called me, so it's my mom's sister and their aunt, they get together every week and they, they talk about it and, and how they're going to incorporate into their lives. And I'm just really excited for, for them and
0: for, And I know it feels good to make a difference with your mom and your aunt as well. And your dad. Now, are they going to listen to your episode? Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) So you can say, hi, mom and aunt. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) That's great. It really is a great feeling to know that you're making a difference in the lives of other people. So other than your family members, I know you said you mentioned it on Facebook and a lot of people were interested. Do you know how many people started? Definitely.
1: I don't know. Maybe like 10 or 15. There's a woman from church who started it and She was really successful with it. She lost weight. In fact, my sister-in-law, she started doing it and she wasn't like losing a lot of weight at first, but she just told me that there were other things that was working on her. And, um, her youngest child is nine and, she always wanted another baby. I mean, she actually has five kids, but she just always wanted another one. And her youngest is nine. And she just had her sixth baby. She got, it was like a surprise baby after nine years of of wanting one. And she credits it to doing intermittent fasting. And she did keto a little bit. In fact, the the sister I talked about in the very beginning of this podcast, She's pregnant too, so she's not fasting right now. Anyway, so there's been some family members, there's been some friends, there's been people that I don't even know about, a couple people. It's funny because they'll see it and then like six months later, they'll call me, okay, I'm ready to learn about this now.
0: So See, that's the thing. That's why, you know, we plant the seed and we tell people, even when they're not receptive, just the same for you. The first time you heard about it, you were like, no, no, not for me. And then later you were like, okay, let me go back to that. For you, it was only a month later, but it might be six months later. It might be a year later. So always plant that seed. And when someone says, oh, I just can't, I just can't say, all right, you know, maybe one day you'll be ready and I'm here if you ever want to talk. And these people circle back around when they see you living the life and feeling so happy. And when they, you know, find that the traditional diets are still not working for them, they're ready for a change.
1: Oh, I was just going to say my mom even said, you know, her biggest regret is that she just didn't
0: do it earlier when I had first told her about it. So, Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you were able to make that impression. And she's stuck with it now. And she and your dad are going to be with you for a long time, healthy, all together. So we're almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So what I do
1: tell people, and because this really, really helped me is, I mean, first of all, I tell them to read your book, Fast Feast Repeat, and then I tell them to listen to the stories podcast because I really listened to this podcast before I read your book. And just hearing people's stories, it just really made me think like, I can do this. Like, it's just, it's different when you hear an actual experience with someone and they're so inspirational and so yeah, I love listening to the stories. And then I also tell them, you just have to stick with it. You have to be consistent and you have to stick with it because the first couple weeks might be a little bit challenging as far as adjusting or your body's, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. But you just got to stick with it and give yourself a goal that you're just going to stick to and just keep going. And eventually you will see some benefits. So
0: And you'll feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the best part. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for talking to us today. And stay in touch and let me know if you find that tweak that that works for you. Shoot me an email. Yeah, (laughs) I will. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's g-i-n at intermittentfastingstories.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels.